Welcome into Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao. I'm under the weather. Uh, Mo, Still. yeah. Uh, well, it it stopped and then started again. Uh, I was I was fine yesterday until about five o'clock. So I don't know. Maybe we should have done a better job disinfecting the house. <laughs> I don't Maybe we know. should have done a show yesterday. So, exactly, that would have been that would have been way better. But uh, <laughs> oh man, hope you guys are having a good time. Uh, it's going to be an interesting show today, man. We've got we got so much pro football that we don't normally get to talk a lot about, but it's kind of that and the Vols. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Uh, but this is this is gonna be fun, man. Uh, looking forward to to getting back into the swing of it. Hopefully, hopefully I can get back into the swing of it. How was how was your weekend? Uh, it was it was it was busy, but it was all right. You know, officiated a little, covered a little, hung out a little. Um, it it felt pretty typical, basically. So, but yeah, it was good. It was good. Like you said, plenty to talk about. There was a lot going on. I um, I always like it when I get to go someplace I've not been before. You've been to Corners. Well, I had not until Friday night. Never been in the gym, though. Uh, I will tell you, well, I had it's an interesting in the, place. In town, so it's an interesting I, place. I will tell you that the gym is bigger than you would have anticipated. I guess <laughs> I see why they're having the district tournament down there. Because it's probably the biggest gym in the district. That's interesting. Yeah. One. Hmm. Yeah. That's it's the longest drive for everybody in the district, but it's worth the biggest it. Gym. <laughs> now, how did? <laughs> I'm curious how it brought you back out. To I assume it brought you back out to fifty, or did it take you? Oh uh, no! Because I, I had to go up through some pig trails. I, I same here and okay. The elevation from I sixty five over to Cornersville kind of kind of surprised me a little yeah. bit. It's weird. It's a weird yeah. place. Yeah. They got one red light and sixteen churches, two strip clubs. Well, one strip club now. The other one, the other one's closed. <laughs> the fact that you know that is a little concerning. Well, uh, you have to drive by if you're going from Pulaski to Lawrence, or from if you're going to Pulaski from sixty five. You drive right past it, and it's, it's been empty for a while now. Okay. Right. It is interesting, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird place, man, Cornersville. But always fun to get over there and see the top-ranked Santa Fe Wildcats. Exactly. Get a win without their star, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But good night. Glad, uh, glad you had a good weekend. I went to the Ryman Saturday night. Yeah, mm-hmm. Saturday night or Saturday afternoon. I'm sorry, yeah. and got made fun of because <laughs> I was wearing a button down and a and a quarter zip. And you're the only one dressed in such a manner. No, uh, it, but the the comedian was just talking about Franklin a lot. He's like, "Yeah, this is the matinee show. We got a lot of folks from Franklin here today. I bet you." <laughs> and and it, we I won meet and greets via a. Uh, 
uh, via the text message. And when it was over, I went back there and, and the, the, the person I was with said, oh, I, I live in Franklin. He said, yeah, I kind of gathered that by his button down and quarter zip. <laughs> <laughs> hey comedians man what are you gonna do but it doesn't shut off does it <laughs> it doesn't it's just it's all the time so anyway but it, it was it was an interesting weekend and i'm i i, I hate that i have re-picked up this sickness but let's uh let's get through it yeah well let, let's get through it we've got a lot to talk about scott rabelais is going to join us uh Keyshawn butte has there's plenty of stuff to talk about in that situation mm-hmm. and so we'll talk to talk to him about what's going on with that we'll also talk with blake lovell here in a moment about sec hoops obviously what happened over the weekend but also tomorrow night big game for tennessee they take on south carolina and i think that's going to be an interesting ball game to watch we'll also talk again plenty of nfl chatter as well uh, Terry McCormick will join us. I guess we'll talk about offensive coordinator possibilities as there have been some folks interviewing for that position here uh, in the last few days. So we'll get into that and much more. But before we do anything, we have to give you the weekend's results and today's schedule on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. Girls basketball, McGavick down to Antioch 38-15. It was Houston County 56-21 winners over Big Sandy. Franklin falls to Brentwood 56-52 and Independence down Centennial 52-45. Clarksville Christian a 44-29 winner over Rossview. It was Northwest a 53-33 win against Dixon County. Columbia Central has been on a skid of recent. Uh, Lincoln County gets them for the second time, I think. Mm-hmm. 50 to 40, the final score there. Cornersville girls 61, Santa Fe 40. Creekwood 38 34 against Sycamore. Ezo Harding down Davidson Academy 56 44. Donaldson Christian 52 37 winners against Friendship Christian. Eagleville falls to Moore County 48 30, while Cheatham County down to East Dickman 56 51. It was East Robertson 79 47 winners against Cross County rival Joe Burns. Gallatin downs Mount Juliet. 41-27, Cullioka 60, Hampshire 34, Harpeth 48-36 against Hickman County, Hendersonville downs Green Hill 40-36, it was Hillsboro 59, Hunters Lane 4, Cane Ridge 54-39 winners against John Overton, and Clarksville Northeast 41, Kirkwood 28, Smyrna down Laverne 51-37, Giles County falls to Lawrence County 57-15, and Loretto was a 76-31 winner over Lewis County. It was White House Heritage 48, Liberty Creek 46, Macon County 49, Greenbrier 35. Hume Fogg defeats Martin Luther King 44-29. Middle Tennessee Christian falls to Franklin Road Academy 37-36. Mount Pleasant defeats Zion Christian 60-43. And Murfreesboro Central was a 58-51 winner over Franklin County. Also, Nashville Christian defeated Clarksville Academy 55-43. Knowlesville with a 62-40 win over Ravenwood. Oakland down Rockvale 54-42. It was Station Camp 55, Portland 50. Providence Christian with a 49-28 win over Grace Christian of Franklin. Stratford defeated Republic 52-10. Riverdale down Edge Siegel 45-43. 
Good win for the Lady Warriors there. Clarksville nearly doubled up Springfield, 69-35. It was Spring Hill with a 53-44 win over Warren County. Troll Cone 71, STEM Academy 4. Cookville defeated Stewart's Creek 36-28. Page with a 56-21 win over Summit. Valor Collegiate defeated Lawson 50-18. York Institute got past Watertown 49-26. It was Westmoreland 45 Charlesdale County 29, and Lebanon 55, Wilson Central 35. On Saturday, Brentwood Academy defeated Polk Prep 36-26. Franklin Road Academy with a 46, uh, sorry, 48-43 win over Columbia Academy. Waverly defeated Dixon County 54-51. FC Boyd defeated Franklin Christian 79-25. Frank Hughes deals Mount Pleasant a 48-36 defeat. It was Franklin County 50, Giles County 35. Valor Collegiate with a 44-12 win over Glencliff. Harpeth Hall 44, Christ Presbyterian 31. Springfield down Kirkwood 52-49. It was Lipscomb Academy 72, St. Cecilia Academy 37. Summertown with a 51-49 win over Moore County. Murfreesboro Central 47, Marshall County 43. Portland defeated Greenbrier 53-50. Columbia Central with a 57-46 overtime victory. I think that was 57-48. It was definitely overtime over Spring Hill. And Sycamore defeated Fairview 63-44. Coverage of that Columbia Academy, uh, Columbia Central Spring Hill game, by the way, at MainStreetMurray.com. Check that out. Boys basketball, Antioch Downs McGavick 66-41. BGA was a 66-63 winner over University School of Nashville on Friday. Big Sandy falling to Houston County 66-33, doubling up. Big Sandy there. Franklin 63-59 winners over Brentwood. It was Centennial 46-43 over Independence. Columbia Central Downs Lincoln County 70-60. And Santa Fe top-ranked Wildcats 57-49 winners over Cornersville. Creekwood 56, Sycamore 33. Ezo Harding 65. Davidson Academy 33 was Friendship Christian 70 to 36 winners over DCA. Eagleville 77, Moore County 40, East Hickman 72, Cheatham County 63, East Robertson 59, 47 winners over Joe Burns, Gallatin falls to Mount Juliet 60 to 56, Goodpasture 56, 36 winners over Mount Juliet Christian, Kalioka 66, Hampshire 50, Hickman County 41, 30 winners over Harpeth, Hendersonville downs Green Hill 48, 39, Hillsboro 71, 32 winners over Hunters Lane, Cane Ridge 70, John Overton 52, Kenwood 56, West Creek 42, Kirkwood 65, Northeast 31. Laverne, a 72-44 winner over Smyrna. Lawrence County downs Giles County 61-44. Loretto defeats Lewis County 76-46. Liberty Creek 49-36 winners over White House Heritage. Greenbrier 69, Macon County 60. And Glencliff a 51-47 winner over Maplewood. Hume Fogg down Martin Luther King 34-32. Franklin Road Academy 77-69 winners over Middle Tennessee Christian. Mount Pleasant. Defeats Zion Christian 76-72 and Murfreesboro Central, a 61-57 winner over Franklin County. Also, Clarksville Academy defeated Nashville Christian 78-51. Ravenwood down Nolansville 50-41. Siegel defeated Riverdale 61-32. It was Springfield 62, Clarksville 55. Warren County with a 71-41 win over Spring Hill. Pearl Cone defeated Stemmick 523. Cookville with a 74-63 win over Stewart's Creek. 
Page in overtime got past Summit 48-45. It was Lawson 61, Valor Collegiate 39. York Institute with a 54-50 win over Watertown. Westmoreland defeated Trousdale County 53-31. And it was Lebanon 55, Wilson Central 46. On Saturday, Battleground Academy with a 68-61 win over Webb Bellbuckle. Brentwood Academy 70, Pope Prep 55. Uh Uh-oh. We've not read them on that side of a score in a minute. So, big win for the Eagles. Um, and the Knights roll slows, we'll say. Columbia Academy with a 60-39 to win over Franklin Road Academy. Dixon County, 93. Waverly, 43. Ensworth defeated Father Ryan, 54-51. Mount Pleasant with a 54-44 win over Frank Hughes. Kirkwood defeated Springfield, 64-41. Montgomery Bell Academy 82, Christ Presbyterian Academy 63, Moore County with a 66-62 win over Summertown, Marshall County defeated Murfreesboro Central 64-60, Portland 67, Greenbrier 48, Columbia Central with a 55-42 win over Spring Hill, and Jackson County, Jackson County defeated Watertown 56-40. In men's basketball over the weekend, Stetson down to Lipscomb 80 to 59. Tennessee State 64-60 winners over Eastern Illinois. It was Belmont 74, Illinois Chicago 65, Middle Tennessee State 79-61 winners over FIU. Tennessee defeats Vanderbilt 75-62, FGCU and Dunk City 73-67 winners over Austin P. I don't think they're Dunk City anymore, but you know. Lindsey Wilson 91-78 winners over Cumberland. Fisk falls to Philander Smith of Arkansas 87-60. Trevecca, 81-68 winners over Lake Erie. And UT Southern down Bruton Parker, 73-59. Women's hoops over the weekend. Belmont defeated Missouri State. Sorry, Heather. 66-55. Middle Tennessee State with a 92-62 victory over Florida International in a game that was between the only two undefeated teams in Conference USA. Eastern Illinois 71, Tennessee State 67, Stetson with a 67-55 win over Lipson. Florida Gulf Coast 65, Austin P 54, South Carolina with a 91-74 win over Vanderbilt. Ole Miss defeated Tennessee 80-75. Belmont with a 72-64 win over Southern Illinois. Lindsey Wilson defeated Cumberland 65-56. Philander Smith 63, Fisk 58. Trebekah 104, Lake Erie 51, Bruton Parker 66, UT Southern 53. On the ice, it was Edmonton 4, the Preds 1. And in the association, the Grizzlies split a pair, winning 107-106 over Orlando, falling 116-110 to Indiana. High school basketball doubleheaders tonight at Cornersville. Mount Pleasant heads over there at 6 o'clock. These are all 6 o'clock starts, boys, to follow. Girls, Franklin Classical at Dayspring Academy. Henry County is at Dixon County. Harpeth is at East Hickman. Nashville Christians at Good Pasture. Hickman County welcomes Cheatham County. While Kip Nashville goes to Holloway. Martin Luther King's at Lawson. Oakland welcomes Riverdale. Lipscomb Academy is at Pope Prep. Franklin Road Academy is at Providence Christian. Rockville welcomes Siegel. Station Camps at home against Macon County. Hume Fog goes to Valor Collegiate. Pearl Cones at Westmoreland. Smyrna's at Wilson Central. And Riverside Christian is at Zion Christian. Uh, Tonight in NHL action, it's the Predators at the Ottawa Senators. It's a 6 o'clock puck drop on NHL Network. And in the association, it's Sacramento at the Grizzlies at 7 o'clock on Valley Sports Southeast. That is your rundown. 
Cobb Stories presented by Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Don't forget to go by and get their delicious daily, daily specials at lunch. And, of course, you've got great hand-cut meats and fresh produce as well as everything else. It's cost plus 10 at the register. Our top story today, Mo, uh, we, we could talk about this ourselves, but <clears throat> fan. And so we well, welcome we, we, in. Yep, got a ringer. What's up, Wade? <laughs> What's up, folks? How we doing, Where, boys? How are you doing? We're doing okay. Uh, just trying to figure out what I'm going to do for the next two weeks with no real football. Yeah. The good thing is there's more coming. We, it's get, coming we get a little bit, uh, and I see what you did there with more coming. Well done. I didn't even mean to do that. That's wild. Yeah. Sometimes you get lucky. But hey, um, you, you're sporting your your block M there. Um, what are your thoughts on the transition from Jim Harbaugh to Sharon Moore? You know, uh, obviously it's easy to kind of assume that the sky is falling and things are are not going to end up very well. And as a Michigan fan, up until this year, that would probably have been your default reaction. Uh, they've been prone to. Uh, their fair share of heartbreak over the last 30 plus years, at least uh, during my uh, fandom, I suppose. And so, but as you're kind of peeling back the layers of this onion to me, it seems like really this is about as good of a situation as you could have expected with Harbaugh leaving and you have more coming in and Sharon, you know, he, he came to Michigan in 2018, uh, had a decent little career as a player, uh, ended up playing under Bob Stoops at Oklahoma, and then he arrives in 2018, kind of taking over tight ends and some other positional groups there. But then in 21, coincidentally, around the same time Michigan really started clicking, uh, he takes over and really kind of starts accelerating that offensive line and that offensive coordinator position. Uh, They win the Joe Moore Award, you know, back-to-back years. And so, Kind of for a guy that doesn't, yes, he coached some games this year, coached some huge games, obviously, this year uh, as the acting head coach. Uh, still technically, I guess, unseasoned, but for a guy that is quote-unquote unseasoned, I think this is about as solid of a transition, uh, given all the circumstances that they really could have asked for in this situation. Does it give you potentially pause for concern? that going in-house and on-staff hire potentially, you know, doesn't mitigate any potential NCAA penalties that may be on the way? For sure. Um, And I think the optimistic viewpoint is, hey, maybe everything is eventually somehow tied back to Harbaugh. And, you know, maybe you slap a show calls on him. Obviously, Michigan fans – uh, at least the majority of Michigan fans seem like they're kind of glad to see him go, happy for him, I guess, to see him go in that sense. But also, yeah, if if there's a way to kind of somehow after the fact pin that all on him, to me at least, that's kind of the way I would approach that is like, hey, this was kind of a, a one-man operation here. And if you can pin all those allegations on him uh, going in-house, that's like your only saving grace, at least uh, in my opinion. I, I kind of see where you're going with that. The higher give it and the higher potentially take it away. I mean, maybe it mitigates some NCAA, maybe it doesn't, but by staying in-house, do you mitigate some potential transfer portal activity? 
I suppose you probably mitigate as much as you can, uh, right? Uh, I still think there's going to be some, and there's probably uh, will be a, a, a little bit more fallout to come. The big news, uh, you know, everybody's talking about Harbaugh and Herbert. Well, the big news, really, at least for Michigan today, was there was another Herbert as uh, your strength coach, Ben Herbert, uh, coming up from Arkansas a few years ago. A lot of folks said that he was also low-key, one of the big turnaround pieces there. He departs now to go to – and it was kind of sad uh, in the sense he was at – Jerome Moore's introductory press conference the other day, but just over the weekend has now departed to go to Los Angeles. So uh, a lot of folks will, will swear by the strength coach being a key part. So that is a little uh, cause for concern. One thing, though, that does excite me potentially about this hire is the chance for, quote, unquote, fresh uh, blood or, or, or fresh take on recruiting. Michigan had kind of stalled in recruiting uh, over the last couple of years, at least at a very high level from high school. And uh, especially I just read an article, um, I believe, on Yahoo Sports. They had three really uh, – one still in high school, but they've had three really good quarterbacks come out of Detroit uh, that have all kind of slipped away uh, with Dante Moore going to UCLA. And then uh, you've got a kid right now that's in high school that's committed to LSU technically. So Harbaugh, for whatever reason, it kind of uh, – which is interesting considering he's the quarterback guy, you know, but he had kind of – opted not to recruit those kids for whatever reason. And so potentially a chance for more to maybe really kind of revitalize uh, the recruiting. So you guys know me, I'm, I'm kind of an eternal optimist and I worked in PR for 10 years. So uh, I try and put a positive spin on things when I can, but um, I think this is probably about as good of a situation as you could really ask for uh, without NCAA sanctions pending, kind of like Chris had uh, alluded to a moment ago, potentially. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the big thing. Uh, if if you can if you can navigate that, I think Sharon Moore was the 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 perfect hire. Again, he he allows you some consistency within the staff, but obviously, like you said, he did beat Ohio State as the acting head coach and and won a couple other games as well in that role. So you feel comfortable with him, you know, calling the shots to some degree. Obviously, some things are going to change, but probably less than if they continued this this coaching carousel so obviously Michigan decided to kind of stop things and 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 I you know and I mentioned this last week Mo that you know when you talk about the transfer portal him waiting until classes had started everywhere else to take that Chargers job that made a big difference and now Sharon Moore gets you know four months to to recruit his locker room yeah, speak on that a little bit, Wade. I mean, again, just just staying in house and and the the consistency, the continuity there, and the the importance of that, and the timing, as Chris has said, for sure. And you know, uh, I'm I'm pretty much just a fan. I keep up with it uh, a decent amount, but uh, to me, I think there's also a little. This is going to sound weird, considering you just lost the national championship winning coach, but. I think there's a tiny bit of relief in the sense that the Will Harbaugh leave this year to the NFL carousel has finally uh, came to a stop. You know, the last couple of seasons, it, it ran into this year in, year out. You know, is he going? Is this the year? And the last two years were really kind of chaotic in that sense. So I think deep down, some Michigan fans are, are in a, like I said, in a weird way, potentially glad that he's gone, uh, not just factoring in the NCAA, but now you're thinking, all right, fine, we don't have to worry about uh, is he going to go? Is he going to stay? Type situation. Yeah, the timing certainly is has not been great. Uh, granted, that was partially due to the way Michigan season unfolded this year. They they were still playing uh, till the very last game of the year. So 
he's got it. Sharon Moore's got his work cut out for him to say the least. Um, and yes, you know, it, you would think that a job like Michigan and, you know, the quote unquote Michigan man mantra, uh, you would like to have cast a wide net and really, really maybe gone out and gotten like a quote unquote slam dunk name uh, of sorts. But I think this is a, a pretty good hire for Michigan, given all the factors. I really think this is probably the best hire for Michigan, considering all the factors at play. I mean, you kind of go back to um, Raiders interim coach Antonio Pierce. I mean, his his resume is on the grass. What did he go four and zero this year? Well, like you said, was he three and a half and zero? Did did he coach a half earlier? No, was, he did not coach. He a had half. the whole the game half okay. for somebody else. He got okay. whole games. And, Just making and, sure. And I think that was kind of the intention, maybe. You know. Yeah. Um, Maybe Harbaugh meant for this to be a audition for him. I think so to an extent. Uh, you know, they had Mike Hart on staff too, who some people had thought uh, before Sharon kind of stepped in. Mike uh, was one of those guys that did get to coach. It was kind of weird how they did it at the beginning of the season with rotating the duties almost like by quarter and half. Um, but that's Michigan. They do things weird uh, a lot of times. So um, I do think that, yeah, there probably was a little bit of this uh, kind of in the weeds, similar to Belichick with Gerard Mayo, maybe. Uh, at least that's the vibes that I'm kind of picking up is, you know, Harbaugh said he's not necessarily worried about leaving Michigan at the altar uh, because he knew that the he had his guy kind of waiting in the wings to replace him. I think he loves the university, and uh, that dude is just such a fiery, odd competitor that uh, he did want to leave the university as good of a place as possible. And I, I think Kevin Sharon kind of waiting in the wings was a, was a slam dunk for him. Wade, before we let you go, since we've got you on, uh, and this this next brief thing will uh, touch both your expertise and ours, former Houston Astros manager and third former third base coach for the Atlanta Braves, Jimmy Williams, died, uh, it appears, maybe earlier today at the age of 80. And so just wanted, he, he was the guy who waved Sid Bream home, and that's really, you know, if you're if you're going to be known for anything, that's a pretty good thing to be known for. That's but, I mean uh, that's that could go on your uh, gravestone right there, and and everybody that walked by would tip their cap uh, to say the least because yeah, um, great great uh, guy, and you know had some fond memories. Uh, kind of got Houston through some some wild stretches in their franchise history, and obviously got a tremendously uh, impactful career with Atlanta as well. Yeah. Finished his career in Houston, back-to-back second-place division finishes before he got fired midway through the 2004 season with a 44-44 and record. So, yeah. Well, Wade, we appreciate you taking some time with us, man, and we'll look forward to seeing you later on. That sounds good, guys. And I did just want to point out uh, that the stat that's flo- that was floating around uh, is Ryan Day is no longer undefeated versus active Big Ten coaches because Sharon Moore has, in fact, been hired at Michigan. So he, uh, <laughs> he was undefeated versus uh, the, the, the basic current crop of coaches, and now he is no longer uh, undefeated now that Sharon has been hired. So just wanted to sneak that in there. Facts are facts. So no, I bet you did want to sneak that in there. He's going to need to um, be undefeated against some folks next year, though, it sounds like. so. No doubt. Thank you, as always, fellas. We'll catch up with you real soon. Yes, sir. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Blake Lovell standing by. We'll talk a little SEC hoops right after this. Stick around.
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, talking a little Southeastern Conference basketball, Mo. Plenty of plenty of stuff to talk about, too, in that regard, as obviously a couple of big games over the weekend, including uh, Tennessee-Vanderbilt, but also, uh, you know, big win for Mississippi State at home. They've got a couple of big wins at home uh, against top against top ranked teams this year, so just just a little crazy. But uh, looking forward to talking a little bit about this with uh, Blake Lovell of Southeastern Fourteen. Blake, what's up, man? Hello, guys. Uh, good to talk to you as always. Yeah, it's this this league is just ridiculous this year, and um, I think once again this week will be another one where you look at some of these matchups and it's just like don't don't play on the road. Just don't do it because if you, you play on the road, unless you're playing one of the bottom tier teams, you're asking for trouble. And that seems to be the case so far. And, you know, Saturday scores kind of bore that out. Wait, um, when you look at, you know, South, South Carolina at home, beat Missouri, Florida at home, 
beating Georgia. Now it was overtime, but they won. You know, Mississippi State at the hump beats beats Auburn. Alabama scores 109 at home and beats LSU. Now you did have Ole Miss go out yep. to College Station and get one. So, and and Texas A&M isn't one of the bottom tier teams. What no, is is A&M the biggest surprise? Oh, I think so. I think they are. I again, we we could have probably pointed out that they were not going to shoot it well, but could we have pointed out that they were going to shoot it as almost as poorly as anybody in the country? Um, they are the new Mississippi State. Like Mississippi State was the worst three point shooting team in the country last year. Like Texas A&M is right there this year, and so I, I just did not expect them to be this poor from three. And you know. It, Look, they've had a couple things going against them this season. They've never really sort of gotten into a flow, it seems. You know, Tyrese Radford, their second-best player, my in my opinion, you know, missed quite a few games there uh, early. Henry Coleman, you know, I think may have missed a game somewhere along the way. Um, you know, Julius Marble, I have no idea on that situation, but hasn't played the entire season, um, you know, and they announced that before the season started. So it's just one of those where this was not the A&M team for – 20 games that we've seen them so far that we thought it would be. And, you know, here they are sitting there at 12 and eight, which is just not an impressive record, even if they do have some impressive wins. Yeah. Well, they, and their losses though, let's, I guess we could, we, we can point out that they, they've not, the only bad loss is really LSU at home. Yeah. Uh, everything else maybe at Arkansas, but heck that was one point And even Duke did that. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it they played a tough schedule to this point, but a lot of folks were talking about Texas A&M as being, you know, a, a contender for the SEC championship. And I mean, right now, you just can't look at that team and say, yeah, they they can win the SEC. Yeah, I mean, they got a resume that's that's not bad, but it's just you're not going to trust them over a lot of time. I mean, we I was surprised, but like in our composite staff power rankings we do every week, they wound up at tenth this week. And hmm. It's like. I mean, realistically, they're probably not the the 10th team in the SEC in terms of like if you put the bracket together, they, they'd be much higher than a couple teams in front of them. But that's not everything. I think it's just they're, they're just not a team you feel like you can trust right now. So Something to be said for that. Speaking of teams that you can't trust, um, you know, going into this Tennessee Vanderbilt game, Everybody thinks it's a walkover. You look up, and it's a five-point game in favor of the Commodores. Not everybody thought it was a walkover. Yeah, well, <laughs> plenty of people did. Plenty of people with BVS did not. And, and again, to Chris's point, 40-35 to 35 Vanderbilt at the half, and then along comes Dalton Connect, who Joe Rexroad of The Athletic is asking if he's – not just the SEC's best player, but who's better in college hoops? I I said something today, and after I said it, I had to go back and say, I, did I say that? Like, I think I meant it, and I said, I don't think we see play, a player like Dalton Connect come along very often in college basketball. I just don't. I mean, there's not a lot of players to me that I could pinpoint that are like him, and it's, it is surprising because it's like we went into the season knowing he would be a big part of what they were going to be doing there. And that was one of the justifications, I think, for a lot of people, myself included, 
if you're going to say Tennessee's the best team in the league, which we, you know, most of us picked them preseason number one in the SEC. We said we think they're going to be better offensively. We think they have a chance with the addition of a Dalton Connect and, you know, a Jordan Ganey and guys like that to take a step forward in that department. But, like, we, we were grouping Dalton Connect in with other guys. There are no other guys like him. And, you know, we were trying to make comparisons this week on one of our shows. We're like, who is who's he reminds you of? And this is going to sound wild, but, you know, Rick Barnes has said it, and I think it's spot on. <laughs> like, I mean, the, the Kevin Durant thing to me is, like, when you watch this guy play and just uh, some of the ways he can score and all those different things, I get it now. Like, I completely get it. And so he may be the best player out there because I have not seen another player in college basketball right now with the ability to take over a game and just have the smoothness offensively that he has. And <laughs> Tennessee fan, it's just music to your ears because this is everything that everybody's been asking to see from you for mm-hmm. years. It's just this, this one thing right here, and you have him now combined with one of the most experienced teams out there, one of the best defensive teams out there. I mean, let's call it what it is. Like, this is it for Tennessee. If they're going to make that run, this is the team to do it. And the thing about it is, Blake, the way he has mixed in with this roster and the way the rest of this roster has been willing to let him be him is really something special to me. Yeah. I mean, look, Chris Lee brought it up today. Uh, We were talking. He's like, think about the name you don't hear a lot this season with Tennessee. It's Pescovy. James James or Pescovy, either one, right? (laughs) And, like, that's the thing is going into the season that those two guys were two of the biggest reasons why I said I was, you know, picking Tennessee to win the league. I mean, Vescovy yeah. could go. I mean, you look at his scoring, right? It's nowhere near what it had to be because there was a lot more pressure on his shoulders the past couple of years. But this year he can have a two point game against Florida and they still win by 19 in past years. If he's doing stuff like that, it's probably a pretty tough thing for them to be able to do that. And so I just think, again, that is wild that those are the guys that, and, you know, James can go a game without scoring or whatever it was, and they still are in fine shape. And it's just because you have a player like this who just completely changes the dynamic of everything they can do offensively. And taking that pressure off of guys like that, I think we've seen that's just as big of a deal as anything is, you know, not making those guys have everything on their shoulders uh, has just been huge for them individually. So. Can you imagine him at Northern Colorado? Right. <laughs> That's the thing is, look, I went back and watched some of his stuff at Northern Colorado and obviously he had good numbers, but you can see, you can see the, the skill set that's there and you can see all the things that he did to, again, make him a very attractive option for Tennessee. And he obviously put up a lot of points. Um, again, points wise, there's a lot of similarities there and what he did, he's doing here at Tennessee, but it's just, you think about, though, we say it every year with guys in the transport portal area. It is just it is making that jump from a place like that to the SEC. And we have seen plenty of guys come through here and not be able to adapt. But sometimes when you are just a a true scorer in every sense of the word, he, he has not had those problems that many other SEC players that came from low major, mid major uh, conferences have had. Sad thing is. If you're a UT fan, you're only going to get one year of him. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> or maybe it it's is, not. 
Maybe they get everything they need out of them, and it's not a problem. So it's awfully <laughs> unfortunate, but yeah, you're right. Blake Lovell at the Blake Lovell on X from Southeastern 14 joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. You know that said, Blake. Again, it was a five-point game at halftime. Tennessee was down. Um, Vanderbilt obviously unable to hang on. Are they going to go winless? Hmm. Boy, it's a it's a big week for two winless teams in the SEC. Of course, that's because they meet each other on Saturday with Vanderbilt and Missouri. But Missouri's actually got the bigger week because they host Arkansas on Wednesday before they go to Vandy on Saturday. So to me, this is like this is it for Missouri. They got to win one of these games, or I'm concerned. Uh, as the resident, you know, Dennis Gates hype man last year, that they could be staring down a, a potential offer. Uh, I certainly don't want that to happen. But I think Vanderbilt, I think Vanderbilt's going to beat Missouri on Saturday. And so I think that is where they will get a win. My guess is they will find a way to upset someone, whether it's a Georgia, LSU team like that. If you look at their road games, though, I don't see where they're winning any of these, unless Arkansas has just completely, you know, unless they're putting Muss is going into the stands to pick people at that point due to frustration, you know, at the end of February, maybe that's a possibility. But yeah, it's again, I, I look at this Vanderbilt team and you could see, and I can understand Vanderbilt fans being optimistic based on how they finished last year. I get it. You want to just think that things are just going to keep, rolling right along, you're going to pick right up where you left off. But as we know, it just doesn't work in this era anymore. If, you know, if we were doing this 10 years ago, 20 years ago, then yes, you can pick up where you left off last season because you'd have the same roster. You'd have a lot of the same players, unless the guys had graduated. You bring in a couple freshmen, go from there. But it's just, yes, they brought back two of their best guys. But the rest of the roster just is not where it needs to be to be consistently competitive in this SEC landscape. And we've heard Jerry Stackhouse air his frustrations with that, whether he thinks it's on the the Vanderbilt aspect itself of not being able to get transfers or any of this other stuff. But the fact is you have to build a roster that can compete with what everybody else is doing. And right now they've got some guys that can do that, but they've got other guys who are having to follow like the developmental plan of where, we think these guys can be good in two or three years. And that if that's the plan, then you're going to have seasons like this that just go nowhere. And so, I don't know. Well, on the backside of we think these guys are going to be good in two or three years, are they going to be good for you? Exactly. In two or three you just, years. You, you don't have that luxury anymore. And they built a lot of goodwill last year with the way, again, the season went. It's but gone it's completely gone now because you can't look at this and find any sort of optimism. And if you are looking and finding optimism, then where, like, you know, it's just, I don't really see it right now. Uh, Look, maybe they go play well at Auburn. Maybe they beat Missouri. Maybe they give Kentucky a game and all of a sudden they start to play better. Sure. But the fans are still going to see the record and you guys know it, it. It's never, it's never been a thing that Tennessee fans have never gotten into Memorial Gym. They've done that even when Vanderbilt's been good. But, you know, Saturday's just, come on, right? It's all Tennessee. So, yeah. 
And you talk about the guys that they do have in this roster. Um, Rivera Torres is a kid that you could build around, right? I think so. Yeah, he's a good player. I mean, he's, again, one of those guys that that fits the description of what you need to be if you're going to start not just or climbing the ladder, which they did last year, but it's like if you're going to build something for the future, yes, he's one of those guys that can absolutely be part of that. But it, you know, it the problem then becomes it's like, all right, let's say he comes out and has a great season, right? Well, how many other coaches out there are gonna see that and say, Hey man, do you want to be stuck here playing for a team that just, you know, won six, seven, eight games and won two SEC games, or you wanna come play for, you know, middle of the road SEC team A? It's just that's the nature of where and how is Vanderbilt going to be able to prevent those kind of things when they do start to get guys like this? I know they kept Manon, I know they kept Lawrence. You know, but I just think that's the bigger thing you have to look at. If you're, and we, I know Vanderbilt fans know this, but it's like, that's where in this era, that can be as important as anything. It's like, it's not, you're not just having a bad season. You're having a season where other teams, programs can use it against you to take the players that even kept you in the conversation, even in a bad season. And so that's where things get really challenging. Here's a just let's just throw this out there. I don't know if you guys can see me or hear me, but I hope you can. We can. Uh, <laughs> coaching clearly matters. Exhibit A, South Carolina. Yeah. I mean, he... I mean, you you can you can you can win with players that stunk a year before if you just have a better coach. It appears. Lamont Paris. I think it's someone who, again, you could see the wheels turning a little bit last year. And mm-hmm. I know they lost a lot of games, and there were some, I mean, the Tennessee game specifically, right? I I don't even know. I'm sure we brought the stat up last year. But it's like, it's not often you see the same team lose, you know, to the same opponent by 40-plus points in, in the same season. They did, but they were competitive against a lot of SEC teams and, of course, won the game at Kentucky. They had the building blocks of, okay, Meiji Johnson can be someone we can count on. You know, Jacoby Wright, who's now kind of playing some of his best basketball, has hit some big shots this past week against Kentucky uh, and Missouri, playing good basketball. And they proved the ability to, and I don't think we can discount the fact that when you get a player like Gigi Jackson, you get a five-star recruit like that, that there's visibility there, and you can start to sell that to other people. Now, they didn't do that this year in terms of getting a guy like that freshman-wise, but they went out and we're able to sell what we think we can do um, and go get a BJ Mack, go get a Miles Studi who, you know, was at Vanderbilt, Mm. go get a Talon Cooper. And I think what South Carolina is doing and, you know, look guys, I've said it this week multiple times and there may be people that agree or disagree with it, but I think South Carolina, I'm not saying they're Tennessee, but like to me, they're starting to build a team that is older a physical team, they play aggressive defense, and that has been the staple of Tennessee. And I think if they just keep leaning into that, not just this year, but moving forward, go out and get guys who are just going to be dogs essentially on defense, and then just let everything else come along from there. I think that's the coaching aspect of Lamont Paris, that he's realized what's going to separate them from all a lot of other SEC teams. And it also helps that they don't play, they play a much different style. They play a much slower tempo, but that's what you have to do. You have to have whatever your style is 
you have to go get the guys you think that can fit that. And he's clearly proven this year. We were, I was definitely wrong about them. I thought they were the worst team in the league without question heading into the season, but he found a way to put all the pieces together roster wise. He's figured out what their identity needs to be and it's working for him. Blake Lovell of Southeastern 14 here with us on Main Street Sports today. And obviously that South Carolina-Tennessee game tomorrow night looms big. But also the Egg Bowl of basketball <laughs> should be fine as well. So, yeah, good good slate of games tomorrow with, with South Carolina at Tennessee and then uh, Mississippi State at Ole Miss, a doubleheader on Southeastern Conference Network. Uh, should be fun, man. Yeah, two good games. I think, guys, you look at this, you know, Tennessee-South Carolina game, Again, it, to me, this will probably be a little bit of a grind. Um, you know, we think look-ahead games don't happen. We know that's not the case in college basketball. I think Tennessee, obviously a big game against Kentucky, and you better believe Rick Barnes will have his team's attention in terms of looking at South Carolina and saying, hey, forget everything you saw last year. This is a completely different animal this year. Um, and I think when you look at it from that standpoint, I'm curious because Tennessee has beaten everybody but Illinois this year, I think by 18 or more points in Knoxville. And, you know, this is going to be a challenge for South Carolina offensively because we saw them kind of lay an egg to kind of segue into the next game at Alabama and only scored 47 points, got beat by 27 there. We'll see if they can keep this interesting. I think they can, but it's Tennessee and Dalton Connect can take over a game as we said at any time. And then the Egg Bowl of basketball. This is one where you want to talk about two teams that are in sort of desperation mode. And obviously it feels weird to say that for, Miss, for Ole Miss, who's 17-3, and three, but they got to start building a resume. Like it's the, the wins aren't enough right now. They got to start building a NCAA tournament resume. And there is no one out there that has a bigger two weeks ahead in the SEC than Ole Miss, who plays Mississippi State at home on Tuesday, Auburn at home on Saturday, at South Carolina next Tuesday, at Kentucky the following Tuesday. Those next four games could quite frankly decide whether Ole Miss is going to be an NCAA tournament team or not. They can't have a losing record in those, in my opinion. They got to try to split it somehow, whether it's just winning the two home games, losing the two road games. If they do that, they're going to be sitting in a really good spot. But it's going to be hard against this Mississippi State team that's rugged, plays tough defense. But they, like many other teams, just cannot seem to get out of their own way on the road. And so we'll see how it turns out. I think that should, like you said, these should be two really good games. Um, and I'm really curious to see what South Carolina does to try to slow down Tennessee a bit. These are kind of the games that they brought Chris Beard in for in Oxford, right? Yep, absolutely. I mean, these are the games where you fully expect them to be close. You fully expect it to be a game that's decided by one or two possessions. How do you put your team in the best position to win these kind of games? Because, again, these are the teams. Mississippi State right now is probably you know one of the last eight teams, maybe, if you had to field the tournament right now. And Ole Miss is probably, I don't know, one of the first several teams out. Maybe some people think they're one of the last four in, something like that. Um, so these are the games you got to win to start to separate yourselves and put yourself in a position to be comfortable. If they were to get to the NCAA tournament in year one, just think about the foundation that that sort of sets moving forward from a recruiting standpoint, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a significant couple of weeks here for Ole Miss. Blake, as always, man, we appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. We'll take a break. When we come back, Monstars. So stick around. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn Joints. Back in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. 
Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. All right, it's time for Monstars. We'll have to get through this kind of quickly, I guess, Mo. But uh, so yeah, let's let's talk about some Monstars of the weekend. Anybody jump out at you immediately? Uh, yeah, immediately. Conference USA Player of the Week. You saw him Wednesday night, Justin Porter, after a thirty-point performance in MTSU seventy-five sixty-seven win over Jack State. Went for 20 points and 8 boards in a 79-61 win Saturday over Florida International. And all of a sudden, the Blue Raiders on a two-game win streak. Who'd have thought? Well, it's funny that you said that because I was going to go with my man Elias King, who had 23-6 and six for the Blue Raiders in that win over FIU on Saturday. 8 of 11 from the floor, including 5 of 8 from three-point range. Uh, King was... Just as good on Wednesday night as well uh, was a, a big reason that 
middle got the the win over Jacksonville State with twenty three and six in both of those games. So gotta have him, gotta have him, and you you said it from the moment he transferred over there from Mississippi State. So kudos to you. He's finally yeah. he's found he's finally found a little bit of a groove here, and I think I think Porter's Porter coming on has probably helped as well. Uh, take hurt. a little pressure off of him. So uh, both of those guys. All right, number two. Uh, number two, I'm going to stay on campus. Tamia Scott, in a matchup of unbeatens in Conference USA, where the conference office said, this should be a good one. Well, no, it wasn't. And Tamia Scott with a double-double, 26 points, 10 boards, as the Blue Raiders went into FIU and reminded them, we're still the Queens, 92-62. Lady I sure hope Charlie Cream was watching. <laughs> I feel like Rick might have sent him a clip of the game, I, if not the whole game. We still here. Not sure if you remember us or not, but... Yeah, allow me to introduce myself, you know, yeah. Uh, anyway... Yeah, I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. 20 carries for 90 yards, two touchdowns. Also had four catches for 42 yards. Uh, obviously, San Francisco with a major comeback win for a trip to the Super Bowl. Let's go to Vegas, baby. Yeah. Um, My number three, we talked about it a little bit at the top of the show. Alton Slaughter sprained his ankle Thursday night against Hampshire. Did not play down at Cornersville. Top-ranked Wildcats were in a little of a, uh, what do we do? Well, you give the ball to Macon uh, Atkinson, let him go for 29 points and four threes in a 57-49 win to stay perfect in district play and go to, what, 18-1, and I think? Overall, for Santa Fe, 18 big and night one. for the junior. Big night for the junior, big night for Santa Fe, and they've got a tough one tomorrow night down at Richland. So. I'll go to the women's hardwood out of Beaverton, Oregon, Stanford forward Cameron Brink, who on Saturday went for a game-high 28 points and pulled down 19 boards. She was so close. So close. That's solid. <laughs> but yeah, 25 and or, yeah, 25 28 points. I'm sorry. 25, oh, 25. 25. What? 25 was right. 25, 25 and 19. Points, 19 boards. Yeah. Just missing the 2020 game. But uh, work. yeah. Big, of course, it's Stanford. So, you know, <laughs> they got they got some ballers over oh, there. Really? So. But all right, that's going to do it for our Monstars. We got through it quickly. We've got Terry McCormick, and he'll stick with us on the other side of this break, and we'll talk about offensive coordinators and who might be the Titans right after this. Stick around.
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. All right, we're back in time now to talk about the Tennessee Titans with Terry McCormick. What's up, Terry? How you doing, guys? It is your Daily Titans report brought to you, as always, by Zen Sports. Uh, you want to talk some offensive coordinators. Well, the, there are a couple of names that have emerged as uh, potential candidates, uh, according to various reports. Uh, one of those is uh, Nick Holes, who is the uh, on the staff down in Jacksonville. I think he's a... Uh, quarterbacks coach maybe or, or something part of that staff down there uh, under Doug Peterson and then the other one is on uh, Mike McDaniel's staff in Miami a guy named Eric I think it's Studsable I think that's how you pronounce it I was uh, not sure how you pronounce that yeah I've seen that he's the running backs coach for the Dolphins so uh interesting that uh, you know those are two names that have popped up and those are two names that uh, Brian Callahan has worked with in the past. Uh, Stutzville was on the Denver Broncos staff when he was out there uh, as a quality control guy and worked his way up and then went uh, later on to Detroit and all. And then uh, Nick Holes and he go all the way back to high school. How about that? The two of them go back. They both played at De La Salle High School out in California. And... Uh, so they've known each other for quite a long time, and then their paths reconnected when they were together with the Raiders in 2018 or 2019, I believe, the one year that uh, Callahan was on that staff. So a couple of names popping up there, not not exactly household names when you come to, uh, you know, the general names that make their way around in league circles when you start uh, hiring coordinators, but maybe up and coming guys, and one of the maybe one of these guys will uh, will fill the bill. I think you know the big part of this, of course, is uh, he's looking for a right hand man. He's looking for his Brian Callahan uh, to what he was for Zach Taylor up in Cincinnati, because Callahan's going to be the play caller, but he's going to need somebody that's going to help devise the game plan, somebody who's going to be uh, you know joined at the hip, so to speak, with the quarterback and. Uh, you know, getting ready to uh, implement whatever they want to put in week to week. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, hiring an offensive coordinator, you don't necessarily need to hire somebody with a with a name who's making his way around because they're not going to be calling plays. You need somebody who can uh, who, who can you can bounce things off of and and things of that nature. So I I think that's a very interesting part of it is. You know, obviously, Brian Callahan is not looking for somebody with a scheme. He's looking for somebody to help him with his. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and I think that that goes back to that whole thing of collaboration and maximizing uh, what you have in your quarterback. And I think that uh, that is Brian Callahan's stated purpose is to uh, improve Will Levis, bring out the best in him, and so he certainly is going to want a coaching staff that will play to those, to those uh, parameters as well. 
That's interesting. And and with that said, somebody that he has a background with is probably going to have a leg up as far as that goes. Just, again, someone that you can be collaborative with and easily get on the same page and, and speak in the same language to the quarterback. Sure. And it's a matter of trust, too. It's somebody, if you've worked with them before and, you know, then they've earned a certain amount of trust with you if you're willing to bring them in as your offensive coordinator because you're as the head coach not only I mean you may be the play caller but this guy's going to be doing a lot of behind the scenes work of getting the offense ready getting the quarterback ready because you've got to oversee everything as the head coach you know not just the offense you're going to have to uh, have your hand in the defensive meetings you're going to have to have your hand in the special teams meeting everything that goes on even even to the time of you know, the way you want to run your practices and set everything up and make your travel arrangements, this, that, and the other, all that stuff, the head coach has a hand in all that. Now, on the other side of that, obviously, the defensive coordinator position is going to be a much more important position uh, to fill. And how much longer do you feel like we'll be looking for that well, I think you'll probably start seeing some names pop up this week. The uh, only name I've seen so far, I believe, is Denard Wilson, uh, who has been with the Ravens. Of course, they were eliminated yesterday. He's the defensive backs coach. He was in Philly the year before. Certainly, both of those defenses the last couple of years have done uh, quite a few good things. Uh, in fact, I would say the Ravens defense, other than some penalties, uh, did a good thing yesterday in holding the Chiefs to 17 points. But uh, in terms of, you know, defensive coordinator, it's, it's going to be interesting because it, it looks like Wilson is coveted by a few teams. The New York Giants, I think, have had him in for an interview. And there may be some of these other teams with some openings that want to take a look at him. Seems to be a kind of an up-and-coming name. Uh, he crossed paths with Rand Carthon when both were with the Rams on, oddly enough, Jeff Fisher's staff way back in uh, 2012, 2013, that time, time frame. So, uh He's uh, well-versed and been around for a while, and uh, now looks like he may be ready to get his shot uh, to, to run a defense. And then, you know, th there'll probably be some other names that will trickle out. It's going to be interesting to see. Callahan is a first-time coach. It'll be interesting to see, you know, his father potentially aside, maybe as the offensive line coach, if they can get him out from under that contract in Cleveland. It'll be interesting to see how many – experienced, been there, done that type of coaches he'll put on his staff as opposed to guys like himself who are ready for the next step. I think you probably need a balance of that. You need some guys who've, you know, been there, done it, maybe even been a head coach before. And then you need some guys who are up and comers, guys that you can, you know, that buy in quickly to the way you want to do things and guys that, uh, you know, are eager to move up and prove themselves and, and uh, make the most of an opportunity. Terry, obviously it's purely speculation, but I saw something earlier today that made me wonder. Um, members of the previous staff that have a chance to stick around, anybody jump out at you along those lines? Well, there were two or three. Uh, Terrell Williams, defensive line coach, I think he's a really respected coach around the league. Um uh, not sure. I think he was already here before Callahan was. Uh, he he had been with the with the Oakland Raiders 
but I think uh, I don't think he and Callahan cross paths necessarily. Uh, Ryan Crow, who's the outside linebackers coach, uh, would have been a possibility, and I would have thought that they might have maybe wanted to uh, hang on to Charles London, who Will Levis credited with a lot of his behind-the-scenes work and development, the quarterbacks coach, but uh, he was one of the ones over the weekend who was told that uh, he's free to look around and see what's out there. Uh, as far as other guys, uh, might be interesting. You know, one guy who, uh, even though his guys haven't developed maybe as much as you would like, still a respected name around the league is wide receivers coach Rob Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that name, you know, seems to carry a decent amount of weight in league circles, a former player uh, with the Cardinals uh, and I think with the Jets maybe too. And uh, he's a guy that uh, maybe Callahan would uh, should be interested in uh, talking to and keeping perhaps. Terry McCormick joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Terry, anything else we need to know before we get out of here? Well, that'll do it. Let's hope some more names start coming out in the next few days, and that'll give us more to talk about. There you go. All right. Well, then tell us, tell us about Zen Sports. It's a new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoolumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever.
Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton here with you on this Monday edition as we look back. And you know, Mo, this this next segment we'll get to Scott Rabley here in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about Keishawn Boutte, who allegedly placed a lot of bets a lot uh, a lot of bets on a lot of different things but also including LSU football and which <clears throat> considering he was a part of the LSU football program at the time it's a little problematic yeah could be and this includes the an arrest, actually, for underage betting. According to the article on The Athletic, he was arrested. Well, Louisiana State Police announced it Thursday that he was arrested and charged with computer fraud and gaming prohibited for persons under 21, which was his status at the time. The gambling allegedly took place from April 6, 2022 until May 7, 2023. Butte was 20 at that time. and Well, is that when he placed the last bet or is that just when he turned 21? Because uh, he turned 21 in May. So I guess they're only at, getting at, him for the bets At which time before. it became legal then. I yeah. Don't know. I, um. During this period, police allege Boutte used an alias to circumvent the legal age required for placing sports ragers in Louisiana. Um, but not a very good username. Apparently not. Um, some of the wagers were made while he was a player. Seventeen of the wagers were on seventeen of the eighty-nine hundred wagers were on college football games with at least six of those on LSU football, according to the article. No. Does that include the, the, does that include the two that he had in the Florida State game where he bet on himself to go over 82 and a half yards and one to score a touchdown? Is that, is that count as two? Or I wonder I, if it was a parlay and it was only counts as one. I don't know. You know, somebody, both, wagers, both of those <laughs> wagers were part of an eight-leg parlay wager. Um, or parley wager, as this article says. So, um, so I mean, if if parlays count individually, then then eighty nine hundred is a little, a little easier to understand. But eighty nine hundred in <laughs> what? What is that? Fourteen months? No, yeah. thirteen months. It's that's a little a absurd, and 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 that's the thing is, you know, you're you look at this and you go, okay, I I don't know how how we expected this to go any differently. <laughs> I mean, that's just the simple fact. I don't know how we expected this to go any differently, but. That being said, let's let's bring on Scott Rabley. Maybe he can 
help us with a, with a little bit of this and talk a little Keishan Butte, talk a little LSU women's basketball and 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 all. Scott, what's up, man? Hello, how are y'all today? Hey, Scott, no ties, man. What what is up? You trying to make us look bad or what? I had a court, I had a court date today. No, <laughs> yes. no, uh, no, I had to do I had to do a podcast for uh, our newspaper this morning, and then I had a press conference, and I got on here with you guys. So I thought I'd look, I'd try to dress up a little bit. Uh, you you're looking good. You're 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 elevating things around here. We probably need it actually. But yeah, can you help shed some light on this Keishan Boutte situation? Because I'm not a gambler. I don't. I work too hard for my money, I guess. I don't know, but I but eighty nine hundred bets in thirteen months is the number that really kind of strikes out, jumps out at me. Yeah, that's uh, an average of almost twenty three a day. So, uh, or, you know, one per hour. You know, I didn't get up. You get up in the middle of the night and bet. I don't know. I mean, obviously, um, y- your mind goes in a whole lot of different directions. And one is that you know, could he be placing bets for other you know teammates or you know other people? You know, certainly. Uh, LSU says there's no evidence of that, but uh, you know I don't. Something tells me that the whole story is not closed on K, on this Keishan Butte situation. But it's a lot of bets, and obviously it uh, indicates uh, uh, someone who's having a problem with sports betting, and he wound up about eighty thousand dollars in the hole. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's it's a it's a, a bad scene. I you know I don't know if I remember an athlete at LSU other than uh, Cecil Collins, the running back back in the nineties. He just streaked across the sky of LSU athletics and just burned out. You know, he had this huge game as a freshman against Ole Miss and comes back in 2021 and gets hurt the midway through the season against Kentucky. And then he comes back in 22 and Brian Kelly's like, yeah, I know his last name, meaning like, uh, yeah, I haven't gotten to know him very well. He hasn't really been too much a part of the team and he's on the team and he's off the team, you know, and, and he plays and he doesn't play. And then he goes pro and, um, it's played a little bit, but uh, you know, you, at this point, you got to be wondering if he has a future in football at all. And that's unfortunate. Um, it is. I can't imagine that he does. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Just... They they take a dim view of this, and even mm-hmm. the NFL, which has embraced gambling and sports betting compared to what they used to, like ten years ago. Could ten years ago, it was hard to imagine the Super Bowl would be in Las Vegas, but here, here it is. You know. And uh, even in the, in the NFL, I don't think they're going to – they're probably taking a dim view of the situation. Yeah, and, and the, the Super Bowl is in Vegas, but, but the Titans had a guy suspended at the start of the year for gambling. I mean, and, and as Chris said before you came on, Scott, with the online aspect of gambling in particular, I mean – this isn't the last time we're going to deal with this kind of thing, is it? No, unfortunately not, Mo. It's not. Uh, it, you know, it, it's so pervasive now. I, I think we were talking about this on our podcast, as you can imagine, this morning at the paper. You know, it's legalized gambling in 38 states. And, of course, you have uh, phone apps and all, all these things. Uh, you know, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not difficult at all. And it's, uh, it's, it's quite pervasive and quite mainstream. And, I think I think uh, because it has become so much so that we started to think of, of sports gambling as, as this benign, you know, you know, thing, and it, it can be, but it also can be a problem for a lot of people. And I know this is going to come up 
over and over and over again, unfortunately. And it can happen anywhere. You know, you know so this is a player at LSU. Next time it could be a, a, a men's basketball player at Mississippi State. The next time it could be a women's basketball player at Kansas. You know, I mean, you know, who, you know, it could be a swimmer, you know, at, at Georgia Tech. I mean, who knows? You know, it just, it could be, it could be anywhere at any time. So no, uh, I'm afraid we're going to see more of these cases. And uh, as far as Kayshawn is concerned, they say he, you know, he bet on LSU, but he always, he always bet on him and the team to win. But um, obviously it brings in that, the whole other thing of, you know, point shaving, which, which is we've seen, we have instances of that going back to the 1950s, right? They, that are well documented. So, yeah, unfortunately, the, these are um, these are going to become much more common stories. I'm afraid. Yeah, we, you know, we obviously Iowa State has dealt with it to a Iowa vast degree. I well, this the entire state of Iowa, <laughs> yeah. yes, has, has dealt with it this this past season. And, you know, but how how can these schools and football teams i mean you can't you just can't control what these kids do 24 7 and you know this is just how how does you know uh, does this serve as a warning if you know if if he's made an example of of some sort i mean does this serve as a warning somehow or how do they fix it I, I, I don't. I, I'm not sure that it's fixable. I think you can maybe have a deterrent. You know, something, but if, if someone's, you know, determined to, you know, he did a lot of un, un, underage uh, betting apparently, and using, you know, fake names on accounts and things like that. If someone's really determined, they're they're really determined to do it. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you 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 know, we we said, um, or people said that nil was going to you know solve the cheating problem and stuff like that you know it's not necessary it's just another kind of problem now so i don't i don't know i mean i think it's it's uh, it's a uh, it's one of these very it's it's, it's an un, kind, probably kind of an unsolvable thing you can maybe try to educate and be more vigilant you know i know uh, speaking of the nfl again obviously they have security people who are watching this kind of thing all the time uh, I think maybe the SEC, with all its resources, uh, for example, is going to have to come up with some kind of, if they're not doing it already, I, I don't know that they are, or, you know, some kind of security arm you know, that is constantly watching out for this kind of thing. Um, but uh, it's uh, this is the second big sport, by the way, this is the second big sports gambling story uh, scandal, as you will, that is involved, that is at least associated itself with LSU in the last year because uh, it was the Alabama baseball coach who was fired after, after, um, you know, uh, providing informa- inside information to a better uh, on, on their games with LSU. Uh, there was nothing that LSU did. This is all what, what, mm-hmm. uh, what the former Alabama coach did, but uh, <laughs> you know, so that's t- two and two in one year. And so it's becoming more pervasive. I, I think it's going to be um, upon the schools and upon the conferences to try to, um, be more vigilant about this stuff to where, where, you know, that was a case of, you know, of regu- you know, the, I think the, uh, the casino in Cincinnati are, uh, reported to regulatory agency in Ohio. And that became the, you know, the, the impetus that went forward for them to, to figure out what was going on. You got to see more of that, I think, on, on the part of the colleges and, and the, the conferences. Scott Rabelais of the Baton Rouge Advocate joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. And um might be a good time to say, if you feel like you have a gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER for the National Problem Gambling Hotline. So uh, as, as 
long as we're discussing this, want to throw that out there. But um, you, you said, Scott, that, or Chris, it might have been you, this might be the end of Kayshawn Boutte's professional football career. I mean, that in itself should be a little bit of a deterrent, shouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, for for sure. I mean, as as y'all said, if he if he's kind of made an example of, yes, you know, but athletes have short, such short, you know, um, especially college athletes have such short memories. You know, I, I've always said, you know, you ask these these kids, uh, you know, who who was the starter at your position, you know, two years ago? Yeah, they might not know. You know, so uh, I I hope so. But yeah, you start it's supposed to become a thing where yeah, you could you could serve some jail time. You could certainly pay a huge financial price. Yeah, hopefully that will be a deterrent. But, I'll, you know, obviously the allure of uh, quick, what seems to be easy money is going to be uh, uh, going to attract someone. And look, I, I'm, I'm not someone who's, you know, uh, I'm not coming on the same saying I'm totally against sports gambling. Yeah, I've, mm-hmm. I've placed a wager once in a while. I, I ne- never bet on teams I cover or anything like that. I think the last wager I was, I was on Chelsea uh, in the Premier League. Uh, placed a couple of years ago, so I'm 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 not and, and it does I can see why it's, it's makes it fun for people and all the prop bets on something like the Super Bowl are are fascinating. I did a column a few years ago talking to someone out in Vegas who um, at the kind of the start of prop bets and now prop bets have become such a huge thing. You know, over under on the length of the national anthem and you know, who's going to win the coin toss and you know, you know who's going to get the first you know rushing touchdown and that sort of thing. So, you know, it does make it fun, but, you know, it's not going to stop is, of course, always the issue. And hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah this will be deterrent, yes. The man lost $80,000. Do we really need to make him pay any more? <laughs> that, that's a fair question. Not only Isn't was he doing it, he wasn't punishment? even good at it. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't doing it very well, yeah. I mean, that's unfortunate. Oh, man. Uh, Scott. I hope... He, I, I hope Kayshawn did not bet on LSU against South Carolina yesterday at the PMAC. Oof. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming, Scott, you were there for that one? I was, certainly. That's yes, why I didn't sure reach was. out to you until today, because every time I thought about it, I figured, well, he's probably working. And yeah. um, yesterday, no exception. But, um, well, it was Thursday, actually. Thursday. South Carolina beat Vanderbilt uh, last night uh, yeah. in, in Columbia. Barn burner down there Thursday night. It was. It was an excellent game. It had a, you know, just it was a great matchup of you know two top ten teams, uh, much better than the game last year in Columbia, which South Carolina won by twenty four on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, LSU had an eleven point lead a couple of times, but just couldn't close them out. You got It's it's hard to drive a stake through South Carolina's heart. It really is. And and they they kept coming at LSU and coming at LSU and finally. And after Angel Reese fouled out with four minutes to go, that uh, that really kind of put LSU in a tough a tough spot. And uh, you know, they're they I said going into the game, I thought uh, they had the better starting five, and South Carolina had the better team. And I still feel that way. Uh, LSU just doesn't have as much depth, but they got five players who can all score, you know, twenty on you, and all, all of them were in double figures. But it was a tremendous atmosphere. It was a great um, a great. Uh, night for for women's basketball it it, it was like the, the highest drawing uh it drew the best rating tv rating of any any sporting event in the country on thursday night uh, eclipsing a, a pretty good basketball game between the celtics and the heat 
Um, people were in, packing it in. They were standing in the in the in the walkway, which goes halfway up the stands in, in the in the assembly center. It reminded me. The only other thing I've seen like it for a women's basketball game was in 2003 when Simone Augustus was a freshman and they played Tennessee there. But that was a big walk-up crowd that day, and a lot of people were you know coming in for just a couple of bucks or maybe even free. This was people paying hundreds and even thousands of dollars on the secondary market to get in and students being turned away an hour before the game because the student section was completely full and that sort of thing. It, it was it was quite a scene. And, and a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, before Kim Mulkey arrived, you couldn't have paid people to come to the assembly center, much ask them to pay hundreds or thousands of dollars to come for a game against anyone. And so, but it, it was it was a great atmosphere for both teams and uh, and and for for the sport and uh, I think they they might see each other again down the road. You would think, <laughs> you would definitely think. Scott Rabelais of the Baton Rouge Advocate joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Scott, appreciate you taking some time with us, man, and we hope to catch up with you again soon in a less formally dressed. I, I could almost guarantee that. I, I could almost guarantee I'll, I'll be in a. I'm probably heading. I got. I'm heading for a golf shirt right now. So uh, <laughs> a polo. So yes. But uh, any any time, any time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, folks. Take care. All right, we'll take a break, and when we come back, two NFL games were played. Two teams will play for a Super Bowl title in two weeks, and so we'll talk about. The AFC and NFC Championship Games right after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. 
purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. We're back here at Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mo, the... AFC-NFC championship games were pretty entertaining. They really were. I mean, it didn't you know, always feel like it was going to be, but they both really kind of came down to you know, the last minute. And, of course, it would have been legitimately the last minute if the Lions were playing for, you know, the tie or were tied. Instead, they weren't. Well, they could have been. And yet. It's I'm, interesting. Um, the Lions had two fourth down situations where a lot of people would attempt at field goals. Dan Campbell, not among those. <laughs> And and in his defense, wouldn't have done it in week seven. Okay, but so. <laughs> okay, but I mean, I, I mean, if if you're okay with that, if you're okay with that rationale, that's fine. In week seven, you're going to have a week eight, mm-hmm. regardless, right? I I don't disagree. In NFC Championship, you're not going to have a Super Bowl regardless. That's correct. I mean, as as Herm Edwards would say, you play to win the game. I don't know. I, well, that's what I, he was doing. He was playing to win, not to tie. Who wins the game? <laughs> I... The team with the most points. Okay. So you got to score more. Just making sure I understood. You got to score more. You can't score the same. Look, I, I get it. Yeah, it. I, you can. You can second guess the decision. Uh, well, and the, the reality of it is, I'm not second guessing. I was screaming as they were making the decision to kick the field goal. Yeah, I I mean, to me, it feels like it's the safe call. It's not a Detroit Lions call, not with Dan Campbell. Uh, they, they were – it almost felt like they were always going to be in that situation or they were going to find themselves in a situation where go for two on the road kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like let's not leave this thing up to to overtime or or whatever. Let's let's try and win this thing. And, and you know, if Josh Reynolds catches the football, we're having a different conversation today. Uh, so, I mean, okay. So so then maybe going for it on fourth down wasn't the issue. Maybe going for it on fourth down with that play was the issue. 
or you feel like Josh I'll Reynolds play was made open. that he play just, before. I mean, yeah. I feel like they had a good play call. They just didn't execute, you know, and then that happens. It's the NFL, man. You know, people are going to drop passes. Just ask Zay Flowers. I, I, I mean, and, and everything that could go wrong for the Lions did go wrong. I mean, you got a touchdown off of what should have been an interception. Yeah. I, I mean, quite literally, if it could go wrong for, for Detroit, it did go wrong yesterday. And the simple fact is, San Francisco outcoached Detroit in the locker room. They figured out what they needed to do to adjust. They made those adjustments, and they executed those adjustments. Clearly. And it took nearly 30 minutes for Dan Campbell and his staff to figure out how to stop those adjustments. So great job from San Francisco and Brock Purdy for apparently channeling his inner Kenny Stabler. And, you know, you, you got to give that guy credit. I mean, my it goodness. It was crazy to me how um, Kevin, is it Kevin Burkhalter? The the play-by-play guy? And, <laughs> and Greg Olson kept talking about he's not the most athletic guy as he was shredding Detroit defensively <laughs> with his feet. And he, if he's not Looks the most athletic off. guy, then Detroit's <laughs> defense must not be very athletic either because he's killing them. Looks awfully athletic to me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, not everybody's Michael Vick, but he, he was effective for sure. Uh, there's no question he was effective. And, you know, this is a, a, a really good San Francisco team that's going to play for a, a Super Bowl after missing the last two years and gotta gotta give credit where credit's due man great job to to that staff and, and to those players for not giving up at 24 7 i mean you could have just said here we go again mm-hmm. and let it snowball instead they come out of the locker room and made it happen uh, detroit just couldn't quite get off the mat in time uh, uh, I'll tell you that feels like that's what this the identity of the San Francisco team is is kind of what Dan Campbell feels like his team's mentality is is you know it, it, you can knock us down but we're going to get back up and you know uh, timing is everything so we're going to bite your kneecaps off good <laughs> Did not yeah. quite get both kneecaps, though, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but they'll play San Francisco no. kind of yeah. left out of there. Oh, there's no question. Uh, but they'll they'll take on Kansas City, who, man, Baltimore just mm. looked lost at times. It was and, tough, and that just, I think. Kansas City makes you that way. I think being there, having been there in that moment, is not, you know, this is not what Kansas City's goal is. They're not just excited to be there. Mm-mm. And Baltimore, as good as they've been all year, just 
the moment just felt too big for whatever reason. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Because, you know, for, for Lamar, he kind of needed that win, I think, to kind of get some monkeys off his back to some degree. Solidify himself among the the best in the league. Now, obviously, he's probably the MVP, maybe. I think he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, people still look back on Dan Marino and think he's one of the greatest to ever play the game. Never won a Super Bowl. There's the, he, he's gonna be he's gonna be regarded as one of the best to play the game, but to get into that that next level, you've got to get to the Super Bowl and you, and you really got to win it. And you know, to this point, man, and obviously he's still young; he's got plenty of career plenty left of ahead of him. I mean, but, Peyton Manning had not been to a Super Bowl yet at this stage of his right. career. For for whatever that's worth, and and I think that I think Lamar's career is very similar to Peyton's in that regard. One of the best quarterbacks to do it, but not able to get over the hump for whatever reason, whether it be because football's a team sport and not every part of the team is elite. Uh, but Baltimore's defense did its job yesterday. They held them seventeen points. Yeah. Now you can. Say what you want to about the questionable officiating, because there were certainly some familiar no calls. <laughs> but but yeah, I think that's a, you know that's part of the game, and I feel like it probably did make a little bit of a difference. I think Baltimore was probably frustrated with not getting some of those calls and they were trying to overcompensate with routes and, and, and trying to, you know, probably more concerned about when am I going to get hit, you know, before the ball gets to me than just catching the football. And maybe that's what Zay Flowers, maybe that was his issue. Uh, but you still got to catch the football. And, his, and, and And here's the thing. Zay Flowers had a great football game. He did. Scored. Had over 100 yards uh, receiving. Hey, he had a good game. But, you know, I, I think that for Baltimore fans, they're not going to remember that he caught five five balls for 112 yards or whatever it was. It's not what they're going to remember. I don't know. I I don't think Baltimore fans are necessarily going to rage on Zay Flowers because one, I think they think the taunting penalty that he drew previously what was out of line. Well I, I, it, to me throwing it, a it taunting kind of, penalty was ridiculous. After everything well, I mean, that it, Travis it, it, Kelsey had done the entire game <laughs> Travis Kelsey didn't push anybody as they were getting up and drop a football on their head. I, sure, but I don't know. They always catch that guy, right? I don't know. I just feel like I feel like it was officiated poorly. Anyway, 
and it is what it is. But San Francisco and Kansas City now, not surprised to see these two teams in the in the Super Bowl. I mean, if you had told me that that was going to be the two teams in the Super Bowl ahead of the season, I would have said, yeah, that's that's a pretty Makes good sense. bet. Now, yeah. halfway through the year, I would have said, you're insane. Kansas City's terrible. <laughs> and a lot of people would have joined you in saying so. And so I, I get that. But this is my home season, man. This is my home season. No doubt. Um, both the University of Tennessee and Middle Tennessee State will be well represented in Vegas. One of them more so than the other. <laughs> I, well, yeah, yeah. Because um, Jawan Jennings of the Niners and Trey Smith of the Chiefs from UT. And MTSU, Blue Raider Athletics, has a graphic showing Blue Raiders in the Super Bowl, and it's got um, Charvarius Ward from the Niners, who has become one of the better defensive backs in the league, by the way. Um, Richie James of the Chiefs, former 49er. Um, and two other guys, I think one of them is Isaiah Gathings, who is on the practice squad currently for the Chiefs. And there's a fourth guy who I cannot identify on the Kansas City roster, and it's unfortunate. But um, saw something that said that MTSU's three representatives is the one. The fourth fifth most. The fifth, fifth most, along with Penn State, Rutgers, and TCM, sorry, with Tech and Texas Christian. I almost slipped up, Chris. Uh, Oklahoma with six, Georgia with five, Florida and Michigan with four each. And so if they've actually got four, they'd be tied for the third most with Florida and Michigan. That ain't bad. Third Darius, ain't bad either. Darius, Darius Harris, Harris. I can't Rich, find him anywhere. Richie James and Isaiah Gathings. Gathings, I think. Gathings. Yeah. I'm not seeing Darius anywhere not on the active roster, not on the injured, not on the practice, but if but that makes sense. Well, he's I mean, he's on their active roster on their website. Is he? That's all I got. Where is he? 59. Oh. Okay. Cuz 59. Okay. With he changed numbers, I think. Because I think he had been 42 at one time. I just control F to middle. <laughs> Went down it to see what I could find it. But yeah. So yeah. Okay, well, that's four then. That's four. Yeah. And it's pretty impressive. It really is. Of course, is. one of them is, is practice squad, but still hey, counts. He's, he's going to get a ring if they win. Rings are rings. That. That's all that matters. So. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of MTSU football. Rick Stockstill was named yes. an offensive analyst at Florida State over the weekend, apparently. So he's going home. Good for him. Yeah, and we'll talk more to Chip about that tomorrow, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 So let's take a break. Let's talk about um, the AP Top 25s for men's and women's basketball on the other side. All right. Stick around. <laughs> 
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mo, time to take a look at the Associated Press Top 25 polls from both the men's and women's side. And we talked earlier, Don Staley and South Carolina firmly in grasp of the number one spot in the women's poll. And I'm not sure that anyone's going to take it from them at any point at this point. Not before the tournament anyway. Uh, they just seem like a a juggernaut. They are really good, and I think they're really motivated. I, I would agree with that. Now, outside of that, a lot of shakeups in this poll. Uh, Kansas State finds its way to number two after a couple wins. A lot of folks moved up thanks to Colorado and UCLA dropping games last week. Mm -hmm. 
and then you know Yukon and Texas dropping. You talk a lot about top twenty five voting and it's interesting. LSU didn't move after that loss, after that home court loss to South Carolina. They were ninth going in, they're ninth coming mm. out. Now, I think I six point I, loss. I don't, you know, I don't know that they should have, but we've not always seen that be the case. Right, and and I think that's a that's a testament to the AP women's voters right here because it's the number one team in the country. They lost by six at home, and at, at home, sure, but it's still the number one team in the country. Easily the number one team in the country. No one else has been even even close to mm-hmm. this point. And so for them to be within six points of them, I feel like, you know, voters aptly ranked LSU at number nine. So well done to the voters for that. Um, Oregon State, this is a team we need to talk about. They move up seven spots. But was it enough? (laughs) Because they get a win over... Number three, Colorado, then number three, Colorado. Mm -hmm. And who else did they beat last week? Utah. Utah. By 25. I mean. By 25. I feel like maybe, which I know, I I get it. Like, it's a a season thing. But. These were teams that were ranked ahead of them, and they thrashed Utah. Now, Utah is 20th. Now? Yeah. (laughs) At least they're not ranked ahead of them anymore. That would be tough. They have to 25 to to move ahead of them, but yeah. yeah. Goodness. I mean, to me, it just seems a little little crazy. But yeah, I mean, it it was everywhere, man. North Carolina losing to Virginia by 15 sends them, you know, tumbling down the list and it's, it's just, intriguing to see yeah. another big east team besides yukon mm-hmm. in the top 25 um creighton coming in at 22 but down a spot actually and how about princeton how about princeton gotta love gotta love it when you can see an ivy league team uh find their way into the poll of course not a lot of great teams but it seems like outside of number one, it seems like the top echelon are by themselves, <clears throat> but the middle is just, I think it's going to be an entertaining tournament mm-hmm. because everybody except the number one seeds could go down at any point. And I think that's going to be a fun tournament to watch. <clears throat> yeah. uh, I kind of feel bad for Vanderbilt that, They've not been able to find their way into the top 25. Obviously, having one of the best seasons they've had in a long time, and you feel like Shea Ralph has got that program back to stability. Their loss over at South Carolina yesterday, 91-74, that was the closest game South Carolina has had at home. Yeah, and the second most points scored against them. Rank them, and the Lady Raiders, too, while you're at it. I think uh, Florida International is finally going to stop getting so much press, so that's good. 
on the men's side, and I'm I, I can't find it. Uh, anything that jumps out at you? Um, top five didn't move. UConn, Purdue, North Carolina, Houston, Tennessee, Wisconsin up seven spots to number six. It's a heck of a jump. I don't know what prompted that. I guess Kentucky and Arizona both getting beat prompted that. Kentucky losing to um, South Carolina the way they did. And no South Carolina in this ranking, by the way. No South Carolina. Um, what, they are 26. They, they're number 26. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are 26, but they didn't quite make it. They're, and they're, they're more than 100 points away from getting in. <clears throat> so yeah. clearly the, the top 25 are the top 25. pretty pretty solid uh, according to these voters and um, Memphis dropping out after losing three in a row, including dropping one at Bartow on Saturday. How about Iowa state up 11 after beating Kansas? That'll do it. <laughs> it certainly help. Yeah. So, all right. Well, congrats. To Auburn down eight, by the way. Yeah, they lost two in a row. Lost to Alabama and Mississippi State. I think both of those teams are really good. Uh, Mississippi State at home, obviously, is no slouch. Tennessee can tell you. Alabama so. jumped in at 24 with that win and the LSU win. Rightfully so. I, I think I think they're a tw top 25 team. So, all right. That's going to take us to the end of the show, Mo. Tomorrow, again. You're going to want to join us because the Bally voice of the Atlanta Braves, Brandon Gordon, will join us tomorrow. So make sure to be on time. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk to him 225 about 225 with him, right? <clears throat> that's right. 225 is going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to talk to him about all the cool stuff that, that he gets to do and uh, including being the voice of the Madden franchise. So he's called a couple Super Bowls in his time. He so. also does some Big Ten basketball, apparently. Yeah, so he he's got he's got a lot on his plate, and we want to talk to him about that. And so join us tomorrow, Brandon Gordon, Chip Walters, Terry McCormick, and more on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll see you guys then.